из Me Friend Igor. Мистеру Кролику нужно купить все мои хот-доги. Вы купите мои картофельные угощения. Bunny is creative. He's got a creative spirit. By the way, if anybody wants to interpret his dreams, go ahead and contact us at homeageconversations at gmail.com or at any one of our specialized email addresses. Um, and uh, we, we will be able to forward this <clears throat> very important information to the public. So how about we move on to the next track that becomes relevant, which is Blood on the Bunny. Um... It is a slow-moving, nightmarish affair um, that kind of pulls you along, at least in the album version. Um, it's very echoey. It seems like it's playing in a distant hallway. Um, it really, it really, um, they use a lot of electronic piano sounds. Yeah, I mean, this is one thing that really shines through about the Bunny Boy album for me, is that it's really really potently sad um beyond being melancholy i mean just there is a foreboding air to all of it that something can and will go wrong the, um, the way that i think about it um it's not the feeling that you get after the tragedy it's uh the tragedy itself yeah yeah um And Bunny doesn't seem to be doing so great at this point in the story, you know, he's looking in mirrors a lot, um, which if you're inclined to believe that he and Harvey are the same person, is a, is a pretty, I mean, pretty worthwhile endeavor if he's looking to find his missing brother, um, and you believe that he and his brother are the same person, then yeah, I guess that looking in mirrors would be a pretty, pretty good way to advance one search um, and he's telling us uh, you know all the folders that he was showing us in his boxes is full of Armageddon were, list were, were um, labeled with different things like innocence and rebirth and all that creepy kind of stuff um, but he kind of he talks to us pretty abruptly in one episode about how he was looking back at the pictures of the dark man and he was reflecting on what Harvey's daughter told him you know that he was there that he should remember and he takes a closer look at the images of the dark man and he realizes that it was him that it was him and that he forgot and there's a track about that too titled it was me It was him. It was me. Oh, It was him. This song is so sad. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the lyrics are really, really upsetting. You know, he says, Someone called and I deceived myself, and now I know why. You know, there is a lot of loss and loneliness and pain involved in Bunny's story here, and... He, just as much as anybody else, seems to have a, a need to escape it. Um, I mean, clearly he's got some bitterness and resentment in him about Harvey. But does he want to live in that, or does he want to still look for his brother and have somebody listen to his story? 
Um, so let's move on to episodes 42 through 48. Um, he says things are starting to look pretty weird. And he's getting, <laughs> um, he, he's going through his, uh, <clears throat> through his emails and, uh, he gets, well, he's, he's, sorry, he's going through his pictures and he sees this image of the black priest. And this might have been a couple episodes ago, but anyhow, he gets an email from a man named Father Akiros, who just has, like, an impenetrable quantity of swag. And there become, there, get, there gets to be a weird little dichotomy, because another person emails him, uh, he is a psychic from Las Vegas, named Carson, who says that for a small sum of money, he can help Bunny find his brother Harvey, and... Um, he does tell Bunny that, uh, well, that Harvey is in Patmos. But it's that not in Greece. And Father Akiros is agreeing that indeed, uh, that his br brother Harvey is in, uh, in Patmos. But he definitely believes that it is in Greece. Um, which, you know... What the hell? Um, and Bunny is starting to believe it, you know? He's starting to believe, you know, all of the crazy messages of doom that he found in the boxes of Armageddon, you know, written on the newspapers, um, in some of these folders where his brother Harvey has blacked out all these big swaths of text and found secret messages hiding within... And he wonders, what if it's true? What if it's true? What if it's tr true? Oh, it's very and the frantic. Rhythm, yeah, the rhythm of the track is so intense. And my favorite thing, both in the studio and the live version, um, is when he says, the card says, it was coming. You know, there's like a combination of voices when he says it, and it is so intense, and there's something very... It's very manic. It is very manic, but it's also very childish in that, you know, there's this unknown it that is going to spell doom for all of them, um, but it's something that nobody can quite place, but it's definitely there. I mean, this is sort of the thing with, like, conspiracy theories, right? You know, they never quite know what it is. And they can pin it on a lot of things, but it changes all the time. But there's always something. Something far too dangerous and powerful to truly be recognized or understood. But it has an effect, nonetheless. And so a bit of elaboration on what this it is going to do is when Bunny tells us a little bit more about these newspapers and what Harvey's whole deal with them was. Um, and he says that Harvey started seeing secret messages in the newspaper. And of course, it's another track. Um, and this one's weirdly kind of sweet, you know? Um, as much as a track about somebody seeing secret messages in the newspaper foretelling the apocalypse can be uh, can be sweet. It's a lot, a lot like more uh, 
don't know if cheery. It's kind of cheery sounding. I don't know if cheery is the word to use. It almost sounds triumphant. Like, yeah. Like he was the one to see it. Like, like, like he, yeah, he's like he's happy about finding it. Yeah, even like the, even know, like somebody the had to. Even like even like the singing and stuff is like a little like, it's not as dreary. Yeah, um, so I think I think that's kind of interesting. Um, and with all these secret messages, you know, there's talk of the end of the world, and all. And Father Acuros is telling Bunny in these emails that it's crucial that he goes to um, to Greece, you know, <clears throat> because. What we find out that Bunny and Harvey were doing in Greece together, they were going into the cave of the apocalypse with a broken mirror and that, um, you know, Bunny slipped and hit his head. And, um, something I was considering, right, um, because he had a, had a broken, they were using a broken mirror was, um, that the broken mirror represents in some way or another the rebirth um, that was spoken about so intently in the newspapers, um, or, or at least on the, the covers of, of the newspapers, um, you know, in, in the sense that the reflection can bring about a, a different self and is integral to the recreation of all things, or at least the, um, stopping of the end of things, um, but you know. Just as soon as we're all gathering our theories up, season one ends on episode 44. And there's a whole thing where Bunny has to have his episodes taken down, just take him clean off the internet, and the residents are like, okay, alright. Um, but then they put it back up. And, of course, Bunny needs money to, like, you know, go do things. He needs to go to Greece, so the residents are like, hey, we'll take you on tour. Cool! Um, not cool, apparently. Um, but the videos are all put back up after the tour, and Bunny is very sorry, and he needs money, and so he lets the residents make money off of his videos, and the residents say that he has a sponsor um, who is willing to pay him for his videos, and he is, you know, really, we never find out quite who or what it was, but he is hopeful that he has been sponsored by Tater Tots. Not any particular producer of Tater Tots, just Tater Tots in general. I don't know why he didn't just plug his merch. Well, he didn't have merch at the time. <laughs> what a merch I didn't he just ask them to, to support him on Patreon? Yeah. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And support it's me on Patreon if you want more, more regular logs. Like this, this episode was brought to you by Squarespace. We No, not this episode of this podcast. We were not sponsored by Squarespace. We were not sponsored by anyone but our passion and love for these eyeball boys. Twitch.tv slash thought I was told we were sponsored by the concept of Tater Tots. Alright, yeah. Yes, the we are. The creator of it is paying We're sponsored us. by our support for each other. And we're sponsored by our love for each other, too, and our friendship, actually. Hey, we're a happy family, right? Um, so in episode 46, we meet our most important character in the entire series. Um, his name is Igor. 
who works at the Russian media store. Give it up for And Igor. he films feel, you know, all of like... Bunny's videos like the genius that he is. Give it up for king. Igor, everybody. We stand. What a king. I just, I don't know why, but I just want to say Igor's probably my favorite character in the series. I think he's probably definitely... You know, the most handsome character in the series. By far. <laughs> handsome and strong. We, we've, we've learned the most about Igor. Yeah, yeah, I mean, know, he's a deep character. Basically, Igor is the most important person in all of Bunny Boy. This is something that can only truly be understood if you watch the entire series. Um, he acts as our eyes. Yeah. Yeah, um... That is all we have to say about Igor. The rest is for you to find out. Um, and in episode 47, he shows us his pictures from the Euro Tour. Yay! They're good They are really too. bizarre, and apparently he hates touring with the residents. They are just the worst. Um, they said they couldn't find any place to wash his costume, so they sprayed it with vodka. I completely what? believe this, um, because why would I not? <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just so, like... It's like it doesn't break like the character to be like, oh yeah, the residents, they're not how they are and usually are. Then in this case, they're just like these like big douchebags. Like they, they still they still keep that really weird aspect to them. It's like, hey, they spread it vodka. They thought that was going to clean it. Um, so yeah, we do realize that Bunny does have, um, well, maybe not a wife, but there's a lady in his house who desperately needs to talk to him. Which is not, you know, I, uh, I, you know, it maybe it doesn't seem like a great situation for him. Um, He's terrified. Yeah, she she seems very frightening, and we never see her face. So let's move on to episodes forty nine and fifty five. Just keep the pace going here. Um, the way Bunny has started to record um, at times does remind me of like a teenage girl's vlog, um, and the uh, as much as uh. <laughs> there are no words. He's Trish um, Pataya. Um, <laughs> as much as Igor is a talented filmographer, his approach may be considered a bit avant-garde for people. Um, avant-garde. I've never um, heard the resonance. Avant-garde. I I've never even considered the term avant-garde. Yeah, I know it's hard, but you gotta keep up because Igor is whatsoever. mixing it up at every single turn. Um, and by that I mean he's mixing up my stomach because I'm getting motion sickness um, from watching some <sighs> Guillermo del Toro, watch out. David Lynch, watch Luca out. Luca Guadagnino, watch out. Jordan Although I don't Peele, really think out. we're stepping he's on his uh, territory here. Okay, alright. So, um... <clears throat> The, here's a fun little fact about Father Akiros as he keeps emailing Bunny, um, telling him that he uh, needs to save the world. There's an interesting little fact that Akiros means invalid in Greek. Sort of strange. Also, Save the World is a track that is instrumental on uh, Ozark, but it does have lyrics. Um, during the live show, um, and it is like a really, really beautiful, mournful song. But you know, it gets it gets very intense 
after a certain point, but it does start out very soft and mournful and resigned, as the bunny realizes what he has to do, what only he can do. Father Akiros tells him that he will need to go with Harvey, and he will need to bring a mirror and a rabbit. Um, and I think my, my personal theory was that the mirror signifies rebirth, while the rabbit uh, signifies innocence. This doesn't seem to be particularly complicated of a theory. I just thought I should put it out there. Um, and so in episode 50, uh, Hilda is really... Um, you know, he's, she's really making it hard for Bunny to, to go on his merry way, you know. So, so anyways, um, Bunny, in facing all of his financial insecurities, decides to sell some items on eBay. Um, a lot of items from his room, and this is where a track comes in, which I didn't, I thought this was so interesting. There's a track about this on the, um, on, on, Ar on Ozark, um, titled Memories for Sale. Um, and Bunny is selling a lot of sentimental stuff. Um, I know that, so, I know that the silver helmet was sold, um, that him and Harvey used to play games with, um, games that involved just hitting each other on the head with a stick while the other was wearing the helmet, um, clock covered in- Yeah, they did that when they were mad at each other, which, like, shout out to conflict resolution skills. Um, they sold a clock covered in buttons. They also sold the two clown paintings, um, which I know currently belong to, um, Dr. Kim Andrews, I think. Well, Kimba. Um, because I saw them on his wall in the Theory of Obscurity documentary, because I'm like that. Um, I also know they sold a lot of other precious stuff, like a Trader Joe's milk carton with, um, Trader Joe's milk carton, and he did pay, indeed, 40 something dollars for it. Uh, so, uh, off all the sad stuff, um, he did, so basically he sells a bunch of stuff on eBay, but moving on to episodes 50, 56 through 66, it turns out he really didn't make all that much. Um, he made a million dollars! And then no, less than took 50. their cut. Well, he made some money and then Cryptic got their percentage. Which was most of it. Yeah, and, and the worst part about that too is that I don't think they were involved in the sale of that, were they? Or was that... Not really. Yeah, exactly. So he, he's really, really, really upset. And he's not feeling so good. He tells us that he's been real sick lately. And he's been having these... Weird... Fever dreams. What Ever had kind a fever of dream? fever dreams? A real bad fever into dream. into a... Ping pong? Ping pong ball. A jet black yeah. ping pong ball. So... 
I feel like the, the song that matches up with that part of the story called Fever Dream. Um, the description of the, of the Fever Dream, at least from my experience of Fever Dreams, is pretty accurate because they're very weird, but they're a very specific kind of weird. Um, or am I just crazy? I guess you could say they have their ups and downs. <clears throat> and so, you know, Bunny is so lucky as to get kicked out of the house by Hilda, um, who is probably, really, a secret agent from the Crypto Corporation because she kicks him out of the house because she is not getting any, as she calls it, child support, whatever that's supposed to mean. And so Hilda drops off his mail, um, and he's going through it, and he's so frustrated, but then he realizes, holy mother of God, wham, his disability checks are in there. And, you know, he starts doing his good old little dance, his disability check dance to the Bunny Boy comic for more information on I, how to I do just, that. I just want to say that the, the disability check dance, I, I'm honestly surprised that that didn't sweep across the nation. Um, I mean, I think it kind of just as a novelty dance, just obliterates anything else, you know, the twist. Fortnite dance what? You know, the Fortnite dance, uh, the time warp, all of those are just garbage compared to the disability check dance. Tomorrow is not another day. Um, and so with the money he gets from his disability checks combined, he can afford to go to Arkansas because that's what Carson ended up eventually, eventually telling him that uh, that Harvey was in Patmos, but wasn't Patmos in Greece? No, 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 no. He's in Patmos, Arkansas. The priest which, was lying. What the heck? Well, he contacts the, the priest about this. He's like, "What is going on here?" You know. Um, what the heck is going on here? Everything's upside down. What the heck? He. Um, ba 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 ba. Yeah, and so Father Akiros um, ends up saying, well, you know, that that could be it. Um, but you got, it's in Patmos anyways. Um, and so there's only one thing left to do, and that's to, uh, to take the trip to Patmos, Arkansas. But on the way there, you know, of course, what is the story without any, any, any uh, hips and hihs and hitches and sillinesses found within. The, the trip has its ups and downs. Uh, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Yeah, um... He has to pass through, uh, the weirdest little motel, um, for $6 a night, which is actually really, really, really affordable. I don't know yeah. why he's complaining. And, and by the way, to, to get to, uh, Patmos, Arkansas, or at least Hope, Arkansas, where he stays in the motel. He has to ride a Greyhound bus. Um, and the episode where he is at the Greyhound bus station is really just anxiety the episode. Yes. It is exactly yes. how it feels to be in a Greyhound bus station. So if you've it's, ever it's, been wondering what it feels like to be completely lost at all times within a place and also under time constraint, just go ahead and watch those. Don't bother buying a ticket. I mean, it's honestly, I feel like everyone can kind of relate to that, like, episode. If you've ever had to, you know, go on 
like a train you've never been on or, or any sort of public transit you've never been on or just be gone inside of a building that you have no idea where you're going uh you, you kind of feel that anxiety and that episode just really encapsulates it. yeah yeah perfectly it's 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 a nightmare that episode but it's it's an accurate would you nightmare. perhaps say that it's like a fever dream Mm, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a stretch. Um, so, on his way to Patmos, he uh, has to go stay with his cousin Lulu. Um, and with him, he has brought a bunny and a mirror. And he has a bit of a hard time explaining all of this to cousin Lulu, who lives in Hope, Arkansas. Um, but she drives him to Patmos nonetheless. And they end up at a chicken farm, um, which is apparently uh, where uh, where the beast that they have to go fight to save the world is located. Um, you know, maybe this is not available too. Um, I refuse I thought, to elaborate. I always, please cut this comment out. I always thought not available too was emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen. And so Bunny, you know, you know, this is where it starts to get weird. I mean, <laughs> uh, wait, what? Starts, it just starts, just starts. It <laughs> it wasn't weird before because but we're Bunny like, noted well, it was weird before. Yeah, um, because if he does successfully fight the beast, I mean, that'd be the only condition under which we'd be seeing this footage, right? But who really knows? And so he goes in. And uh, he drops his flashlight when he's in there, and he has a bit of a an existential crisis um, while his flashlight is off, and he considers giving up right then and there. But, you know, we're all rooting for him, and in a way, I think he knows that. Um, and when his flashlight... We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. And he heard us. He heard us say that. Because we're Tyra. We're Tyra Banks. Um, we're all Tyra. We are all Tyra. We are all Tyra. Say it together, kids. We are we all We are all Tyra. What the hell, you guys? We're all Tyra. <laughs> okay. Um so, <laughs> you know, he hears us and obviously he knows that uh that we're right and so his flashlight comes back on and then he goes to fight the beast and all. Um and it's a it's a pretty strange segment. I mean, almost immediately his camera goes haywire and there's a lot of screaming and there's a lot of uh a lot of nonsense going on but um it, it makes well, zero sense well it does it actually does make sense if you have access to a little thing known as the script now this may not be common knowledge and i was really curious about this for a long time but there's a track on uh arkansas entitled my brother's skin and i thought well that's weird you know what's the deal with that but in looking at the script it turns out that that's something bunny is, is talking about he sees this 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 glowing figure emerge um you know from this this ball of light um and that that figure ends up being the the shape of his brother's skin and when when you have this in mind when you're watching the last episodes, you can kind of see it, um, that that's what's happening, and they uh, they come together 
is one. And they seem to defeat the beast, though. Now, you know, as of, uh... As of, uh, yesterday. As of yesterday, April 20th, 2019. Yesterday, as if we're recording us. Yeah. Recording this. Um, as of yesterday, 420 plays it. <laughs> I don't know why you would make such an obscene comment on our Christian podcast. Yeah, which I'm we're sorry. I am a baby. On, on the Lord's I'm day. Jesus comes back guys, and this is the first I'm thing you have this, to say to him. I'm sorry. Before uh, when we're done with the podcast, I'll give myself forty lashes with the cat o' nine tails I keep in my dresser. You're a nun now. I'm a nun now. She's a nun. I realize the implications of keeping a cat o' nine tails in my dresser <laughs> now that I say it. Yeah. Um, um No. Yes. No, that's all I have to say about that. No, no. Randy would approve. Um, no. <laughs> just Um so, uh, uh, so, and really that's all we know, you know, uh, the, the video cuts out, and we believe that he's defeated the beast, but, um, that's episode 65, there's one more episode, episode 66, which really tells us everything we need to know, I think. Um, it is truly the most beautiful conclusion to the most beautiful series in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, I, it certainly rivals and exceeds the Sopranos, really. Yeah. Um... Yeah. That's, that's just one you're gonna have to check out on your own. Um... Because we wouldn't spoil the end of the series like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, overall thoughts, you guys? Speaking. Um, I think the Bunny, the Bunny Boy was one of the first Residence Projects that I really felt myself get curious about because it's such a complex story that emphasizes, I think, another core aspect of the Residence and their discography, you know, their whole body of work. This theme that they like to focus on, which is like need, you know, the need we have for other people, the need we have to have our stories heard, and you know, the fact that it, I mean, it doesn't really matter whether or not, you know, this endeavor of his is based in truth or fact, because what it ends up being is that everybody believes in him. Everybody is rooting for him because even though it may not be true or may not be real, it's real enough to us because it's real enough to him and we care about him. And I mean, this is something that really important about the residents is that though they may be anonymous, they don't hate their fans. In fact, this is, I think, one of the first major instances of them reaching out and, you know, letting us know that somebody within their world needs us just as much as we need them. Um, I think this is another example of how the residents at their core are, uh, storytellers like more than anything else i think the best word to describe them even you know like technically i suppose in the most technical of terms you'd use you know multimedia art collective um avant-garde musicians or performance artists but i think you could all boil all that down to storytellers yeah and i think their their use of new technology um it's not just for the hell of it at times. I think with things like this, what they're exploring is, you know, 
the new technology as a way of communicating and the ways that um, the residents themselves do not exist in a vacuum. They're trying out new ways of existing in the face of new technology. Mm-hmm. All the time, ever since the conception of the residents. Yeah. So uh, the, the thing, after I finally finished watching the series for the first time, I just was kind of blown away about how emotionally attached I ended up getting to to the character of Bunny and just his sort of journey. Um, the DVD release of, of the series is called Is Anyone Out There? Um, or Anybody, whatever. Um, but the, the text on the DVD case says the sweet, sad saga of the Bunny Boy, and I think that's a perfect way to describe it because it's very sweet but also really just depressing too at the same time. Um, yeah. And like bittersweet's not the term because usually when someone's describing something like that, you'd use like bittersweet, but that's not quite it. Yeah, because there is just like this pure sweetness in there. And there's also. Like, there you go. Like, there you have it with, with uh, his wanting to believe and wanting to help his Nigerian prince friend. He's sweet. He's pure. He's innocent. We want to see him succeed because, I don't know, you want that innocence to persevere in the world. You know what I mean? One aspect of uh, the sort of connections between the album and and the web series is that the the album's out of order, so you don't get spoiled about the overall structure of the narrative. Um, But I think what that ultimately kind of does is because it's out of order and you don't really know what to expect, if you just listen to the album and then watch the series, as those sort of familiar narrative threads uh, appear in the actual series, it sort of makes you feel a bit crazy. Because uh, I, as I was watching the series, I'd go back to the album and try to find the song um, that sort of related to the episode, and I'd go through the lyrics, and I felt like I was basically Harvey slash uh, Roger going through the... Uh, the newspaper and, and finding secret messes, messages in there. Uh, but I was doing it's it like a, with the album and the series. It invokes the imagery of, you know, standing in front of like a board with all like the pins and the red string. It, it really does. I feel like you kind of have to do that to understand um, the, the complexity of the pro- project as a whole. Like, it's a lot to jump into, and even if I feel like you've listened to this and for whatever reason haven't listened to The Bunny Boy, and you're like, well, now I know everything, you don't, and you need to check out the album and the web series and the comic and the everything else. For listeners, you may not have heard all of the tracks mentioned, uh, you know, like The Black Behind and I Like Black. I don't know why that is. They're just good they're good. Yeah, they're good songs. They're not. They're not really part of the narrative. They're, they're just good. In terms of news, Dying Dog is now available pre-order from Psychophon Records, starting on the 31st of August at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and will be released officially on September 28th, 2019. That's very exciting. Uh, I was say you sound super excited for it. It's gonna be sold out mm. for the release date. Yeah, it's probably going to be sold out by the time this... Well, actually, I don't know. Can one sell out of a pre-order? 
Yes, because there's a limited quantity. Right, I forgot about that until there's I like started a, saying like that. Normal ones, a hundred white ones, and like a hundred. 150 black ones. and a hundred of both the white set and the uh, multicolor set. Oh, so. The mul- They're being the- racism now, I guess. I, I, yeah, the- see, I don't know whether to get the black one or the white one. I feel like someone should tell me. <laughs> Where's the outfit? <laughs> yeah, okay. The multicolored one looks really cool because it looks like it's like a bunch of different singles that they are all just packaged together. Oh, well, because the thing is, is they all have different labels, so it looks cool. Um, but I'm, I'm probably going to get the black because it looks original. Actually, no, wait, get, I'm going to get the white one because it looks very cool, or the multicolored one. Nobody buy the black one because it really needs to not sell out. Yeah, okay. super, don't get that version, everybody. Get the other two versions. I, I might get the white one so my uh, man's world record a has a buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because Alvin Snow was albino. <gasps> oh. Not that you could tell. <laughs> We're just just slipping in the residence references today. Okay. Yeah. Why would you ever reference the residence on the residence? Uh, no, just anyway. You know, coming residence. out from Cherry Red recently was the God and Three Persons Preserved Edition, which consists of three discs. <laughs> what that has to do with anything? Also, talking of God and Three Persons, there's an upcoming God and Three Persons show at the Lab in San Francisco, California. San Unfortunately. San Francisco. Unfortunately, all the tickets for that sold out from a Kickstarter run by The Lab, the venue in which they're playing, a couple months back. So, he wanted to go. It's too bad. Um, and also from Cherry Red Records, has there has been an announcement that Not Available does have a preserved edition, and it will be coming out, but we don't have dates on that yet. Not that it matters, because it must never be listened to. What album is that? I don't know. I don't know. Huh? It's not available. What? Title's what? not available. I completely forgot what we were talking about. Anyway, um, speaking of sales and things that are for sale, the residents sold out of Brick Eaters and music to listen to Bricks to, so great job, everybody. But yeah, that's, It's fun, because now, now everyone can finish the book and... Um, yeah. And be like, oh my god, I can't believe that... That thing happens. That thing happens. Yeah. Oh my god. He did that thing, and then that... Exactly. (laughs) Um, Isn't it kind of weird? Isn't it kind of weird that, like, we recorded this episode? This is episode 5, and yet we're recording news from August 2019? I, whatever. Huh? That concludes our Bunny Boy episode, so feel free to join us for our next episode, which will be about the 13th anniversary show. Ooh. Thanks I'll to the you there. and the residents. Hi, I'm Rabbit. Hi, I'm Mole. Hi, I'm Cat. And I'm Mew. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and... And Twitter like crazy! Uh, Join us next time for the 13th anniversary show, maybe. And remember... We're We're not not crazy! We're not crazy!